The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by the Reverend Zach Keel. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. So we turn in our devotion to 2 Corinthians, since we've been going through that on Thursdays, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Just those opening section. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation, and if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer." Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we turn this morning to your word to open it. We again ask that you would give us humble hearts and attentive minds. And you would again nourish us with your word, that as we are exposed to your truth, that you will build us up in sanctification and in comfort, so that we might be comforted by you, and then go forth to comfort others through the gospel. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So how much hardship, affliction, and suffering have you went through in your life? Certainly some have went through a lot and others little. Those I ask this question, you probably think, of course, I'm going through it right now. As seminarians, this is the last week of the semester. You have papers due and then finals the very next uh, week. And it is a difficult time. Sleepless nights, not seeing your family, a lot of the things that come along. And it's not just the stress of classes and the difficulty of study, but you have other dramas and stresses that you might be going through, family, illnesses, employment, all those sorts of things. Well, Paul, through this passage and really through the whole book of 2 Corinthians, wants to make us think differently about our afflictions and our sufferings. He wants to not only just comfort us in those, but also ultimately to give thanks to God for them. And he opens and begins by again saying that God is the God of all mercies and of all comforts. That all the mercies, the ever-ceasing mercy of God 
That is how he is to us. Old Testament phrase, God is the one who's great in mercy and comfort. He's sensitive, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger. All those blessings of tenderness Paul brings to our mind through this phrase. And he does because he says he's the one who comforts us in all our affliction. Now, all these afflictions here probably has the sense of every sort. Paul's not just thinking of persecution for the gospel here. That is overt suffering for Christ, but he's thinking of the general hardships of life. Suffering for righteousness, disease, illness, all those things. Indeed, this uh, uh, comes clear as he applies this comfort to the afflictions of himself and all that he goes through, his travels, as well as into Titus and the Corinthians. So he's talking about all the hardships that we go through. And thus his first point is to say that no matter what we go through, the Lord is our God to be with us, to comfort us. That his mercy is there, it's new every morning, as we are told in the Old Testament. And yet what is particularly striking about this is he says, note the purpose in verse 4. God comforts us in all our afflictions so that we might be able to comfort others. Now, typically, when you're in your difficulties and sorrows, we tend to have a pity party. We think about us, our pain, what we're going through. And Paul says, I'm glad God comforts us in suffering so that we can comfort others. He's thinking outside of himself. He's thinking, wow, I'm being comforted. This will be good for the fellow saints. And so it's pretty remarkable how he thinks of others. Again, we often try to avoid hardships and avoid all these sorts of things, thinking they're only evil or only evil can come from them. But Paul says, no, as you suffer and are comforted, this is so that you can comfort others. The good and the blessings for others that can come through this. In fact, Hodge says about this passage, he says, a life of ease is commonly stagnant, but a life with much suffering is a life rich in experience and resources. As you know, as you go through life and experience various things, it helps you, it adds wisdom, and particularly it tends to add tenderness and mercy. So often people who've never experienced things, who are rich in all those uh, comforts, they're insensitive. They don't understand what other people go through. You struggle with depression? I don't get it. But Paul says, has he suffered? He's able to comfort more. Of course, this comfort is more, much more than just gaining experience in life. It's a particular Christian comfort. For note, he says, he passes on in, in verse 4, the same comfort God comforted him. He's an instrument, a tool to pass on what God gave to him. And he links these also to Christ. Verse 5, as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so we share abundantly in Christ's comfort. Now, Christ's sufferings here is probably not just thinking of his cross at the end of his life. A lot of that suffering was quite unique, but his whole life. Thus, as we suffer, as we share in afflictions and hardships, we are sharing in what Christ went through. Like what Hebrews says, he took on our flesh and blood to become like us in every way. How important this is, so, because often when we're going through difficulties, we often think, I'm unique. My suffering's alone, uh, unique and, and particular to me. 
You might be talking to someone who's going through difficulty and you try to comfort them and they'll say, you don't understand me. You can't comfort me because you don't know what I'm going through. And sure, there are aspects of our experience and hardships that are unique, but Paul's point here is the sameness, that there's similarity. And particularly Christ, he has endured all that you've endured. You can't say to Christ, my suffering's unique. I don't un- you don't understand me. Christ does. From the illness and indigestion to the dealing with difficult people to being ridiculed, all those things, Christ endured for, with them all. Thus, as we have union with Christ in these, Christ's consolation, his mercy comes to us. And this is what Paul passes on, verse 6. If we're afflicted, then it's for your comfort and salvation. Thus, Paul says, as we are afflicted, it's for you. It works for your comfort, even your salvation. You're probably thinking of enduring to the end. As they see Paul endure or suffer and endure, they are encouraged by his example, and thus they are comforted. And so also he says, if we are comforted, it's for your comfort, so that you can patiently endure. Paul here sets up kind of the the grace of a good example. As they see Paul suffer and endure, they see that they also can suffer and endure. Because what God does for Paul, he'll do for them as well. And this, what an encouragement this is that Paul says, we are an instrument towards one another of God's constant mercy and compassion. As we suffer, as we are comforted, we get to do that for others. We get to be the instrument, like Paul was to the Corinthians, so we are to others. And yet it's interesting, up to this point, Paul hasn't exactly told us what the nature of this comfort is. God is the God of all comfort, and he comforts us in affliction. It's participating in Christ, but what is the exact character of this comfort? Well, he tells us in verse 8 with a specific example. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of what we experienced in Asia. Now, he wrote this letter, uh, 2 Corinthians, shortly after leaving Ephesus, which is at the heart of the, the, the region of Asia. And uh, note he left, and uh, something happened to him. And it must be intense persecution or hardship. For note, he says, we were utterly burdened beyond our strength. That was, it was an exceeding beyond power, whatever he went through. Image here is probably of an animal loaded down with a burden. Imagine loading a horse up so much it just crushes under the load. That's what this affliction was. It was way beyond his strength. And the result of this is he despaired un our despair of life. He says, death was our only answer. The image here is whatever affliction Paul was going through, he looked at a way out, and he could see none. Every angle, every escape route he looked at, death was the only answer. It was completely beyond his strength to, to do anything about it, to endure, to get out of it. He despaired of life. Of course, we want to know what is this affliction? What did he go through? Was it persecution, him being flogged? Maybe it was him going through a storm. Paul said he was at sea for several days floating. Did this happen? Maybe he was robbed along the road or some animal mauled him. These are all afflictions Paul says he endured. What's interesting, Paul doesn't tell us. He leaves it ambiguous. 
And he does because he wants to, again, emphasize the commonality in suffering. That whatever the exact nature of this was, where he despaired of life and thought, that's it, I'm going to die. Whatever that was in particular, he doesn't mention it so that we can see that we can go through the same thing. And yet, what was his comfort in the middle of this darkest hour, just as he was about to drown or die, that he thought? Note verse 9. Indeed, we felt that we see the sense of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The point of this is so that he wouldn't trust in himself, but in God. It was such a dark situation. It was so beyond his strength and power. The only hope he had, the only object of trust he had left was the Lord himself. This is one of the key roles or spiritual roles of suffering, going through hardship. It's that we learn how to trust in God more than ourselves. This is what happened to Paul. And note the comfort that he did once he was trusting in the Lord. He said, to make us rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The resurrection. This is the nature of that comfort that we go through, or that he applies to us when we're going through sufferings. That God is powerful enough to raise the dead, and not just generally, but to raise us because he first raised Christ. Thus, Paul's comfort wasn't so much that God would remove his sufferings. It wasn't that God would make everything okay, or that it would soon be over. Not even so much that that Paul would endure. In fact, Paul thought he was going to die. No, the comfort was God raises the dead. Paul thought he was going to die, and his comfort was in the resurrection. If Paul had died during his sufferings, it would not have been a failure of God. So often we think when we perish in suffering, it means that we or God failed. But Paul says, no, even when we perish in our sufferings, we can be comforted because God is the one who raises the dead. And thus, what does he say next? He was assured that God would deliver him again. Note uh, what he says here. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will do- the future will deliver us, and on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. As the Lord delivered him from whatever this earthly affliction was, that gave Paul confidence that the Lord would deliver him from other earthly afflictions if it was his will. But note the emphasis on the future. Will deliver, ultimately, at that final day. This is our comfort, that resurrection comfort that the Lord is greater than all our afflictions, all our difficulties and sufferings, and that he will deliver us Sometimes in this life, many times in this life. How often do you know people who lost their job or went through this hardship or that hardship, and the Lord provided another, healed and comforted, reconciled. But sometimes those things don't pan out, and thus our hope is in the end again. And finally, note his last point. After all this comfort, this comfort of the resurrection, he says, pray for us. One of the other instruments of this comfort is the fellow prayers of the saints. 
as we are going through difficulty. Saints pray for us, and we pray for one another. And Paul says that was their help. That was his help. And what did it ultimately result in? Blessing. Granted to many thanksgivings. Paul gave thanks because the Lord delivered him through his difficulties and used him to comfort others. And when others prayed for him and were comforted by him, they gave thanks to God. What could be a better end? For the saints to give thanks to God that we go through sufferings and that he delivers us and comforts us with the very comfort of the resurrection. And thus, as students, you should give thanks that seminary is not that easy, that these difficulties are good for you, and the Lord uses them to make you a better member of the church and a future minister, if that is his will. As you go through difficulties, you are comforted with Christ's resurrection, and now you can go, through, go forth after the difficulties of seminary and be a better comforter to Christ's people, the little ones that he purchased. May this be your comfort as you go forth, that Christ is greater and he delivers us from death. Amen. Copyright 2016, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.